Welcome to OpenSAP Invites, your invitation to learn with us on the go. Welcome to OpenSAP Invites. I'm your host, Elisabeth Riemann, and in this entertaining episode, we'll be learning more about the visual drag and drop programming language SNAP with our in-house experts, Jadke Hügler and Jens Mönig. Thanks to Jadke and Jens's creativity and passion for SNAP, we discover just how easy and fun it can be to hone our programming skills. We'll be talking about music, art, numbers, and the power of community. Together, let's discover the bright side of computer science. Jadke Hügler is originally a biologist who discovered her interest in computer science while building a small, connected greenhouse. Since then, she's become a SNAP enthusiast and is eager to share her excitement with everyone she meets. Jadke works for SAP's SNAP team and develops, among other things, learning materials for Open SAP massive open online courses. Jens Mönig is a SNAP lead developer and makes interactive programming languages at SAP. Ever since he helped make Scratch, Jens has fallen in love with live blocks-based computing. So much so that he quit his career as a lawyer to become a researcher and designer of such software environments. Jens wants everyone to get a chance to discover the beauty and joy of computing. In his spare time, he plays the guitar and mandolin. Let's say hello. Hello, Jadke. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, and hello, Jens. Hi, Lizzie. Welcome, both of you, to Open SAP Invites. Now, we know one another from working together on the Open SAP team, and so I'm thrilled that we're here today to talk about your brilliant work on SNAP. It's a fabulously creative and fun programming language, and your expertise and enthusiasm for the topic always shines through. And your latest SNAP course from media computation to data science uh, ran from September to October. And I have to say that when I read the course description, I was completely enthralled. It reads, a new way to learn general purpose programming by playing with the ingredients of your favorite pictures, music, movies, and books. So, wow. And you ask as learners if we've ever wished for our sunset pics to be more awesome than our holidays. Yes, I have. And if we've ever wanted to turn our own voice into a musical instrument. Now, I've never really thought about this before, but actually I so would. So this leads to our warm-up question. Yadke, if you could turn your voice into a musical instrument, what instrument would you choose and why? I think I'm kind of okay at playing piano. I newly acquired a ukulele, so I kind of can play that as well. What I'm really not good at is what you all also will see in the course is playing trumpet. So I guess I'm, I would choose a trumpet. A trumpet. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and Jens, what instrument would you choose? Well, you know, uh, much as I'm a programming language agnostic, um, um, when it comes to musical instruments, I'm somewhat of a pantheist. Um, why choose one when you can have them all? <laughs> <laughs> so a whole orchestra. <laughs> yes. Uh, I basically try everything I can lay my hands on. And um, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I love that answer. <laughs> so let's talk about SNAP now. What is SNAP exactly and who is it aimed at? Jens, can you tell us about SNAP? Well, SNAP is a visual programming language that lets you write code by assembling graphical building blocks into 
constructions that can resemble kind of little Lego houses um, or towers. And these buildings describe an interactive story, a simulation or a video game. And the cool thing is then you can tell the computer to run it. So it's really two things that make Snap stand out among the crowd of block-based programming environments. Snap supports functional programming. Um, so it literally lets you build any block you can think of, including things that usually come prepackaged with the programming language, like control structures, repeat, if things. And the other big thing about Snap is that it's always live. Um, you can click on anything as you're building it and run it right there and then as you're constructing it. And that invites you to discover the ideas by playing with them, by interacting with them. Mm -hmm. And I love that immediate satisfaction, right? That you say it's always live and so it's immediately there as well. And do you think that anyone can learn to program with Snap? Well, sure. Um, programming isn't magic. Um, it's entirely learnable. And there is kind of this rich history and culture of um, learning to program. Um, we know how to teach programming. But, you know, that said, it might not be for everybody to pursue professionally. So we believe that programming can and should be fun. And, you know, you can have these earth-shaking things that you discover as you learn programming. And so we think it's everybody's human right to be offered to learn to program. But that doesn't mean everybody has to turn into a professional programmer. Um, so it's great to entice people to experiment with programming because it's something that um, lets you reflect on the creative process, lets you think about thinking. And yes, it's entirely learnable. Brilliant. Oh, it's really glad to hear that most people can learn it who want to and really have that fun when it comes to programming. And might I ask, where does the name Snap come from? It's a cool name in itself. Um, so can you explain where that name comes from? When we started, um, it was called BYOB. That was an acronym for Build Your Own Blocks. Um, that was kind of the working title that we started out with, and it got really popular with that name. And it also was kind of a joke uh, because uh, kids were saying, oh, we're doing BYOB at school. And then as we reached more schools, some teachers in the U.S. Um, said, we cannot use this programming language under this name anymore because we might get into trouble with the school board or with parents, implying that, you know, there's also this other meaning of that acronym, which is, you know, bring your own bottle, implying mm -hmm. that there's alcohol. And so that the mere existence of the alcohol might um, get us into trouble. Um, so um, they suggested we rename it. And actually what happened was that Brian Harvey, kind of the co-developer, um, asked some kids on the Scratch forum to suggest a new name. And the kids came up with Snap, um, mm -hmm. which we like because it's a single syllable. Uh, it's just four letters. It kind of resembles what you actually do as you assemble these blocks. Um, 
And um, yeah, that's yeah, how it came to pass. It's brilliant. Things really snap into place, I guess, as well. It's this kind of really cool word. Um, I remember the card game as well when I was growing up playing Snap with the matching cards. Um, so always a lot of fun associated with that word as well. And Jens, if I heard correctly, you mentioned Scratch there when you were explaining the origin of Snap. Where does Scratch come in here into this context? I used to work on the Scratch development team uh, back in 2007, 2008. And the first version of Build Your Own Blocks of BYOB was a prototype that I developed for um, the Scratch team at, at the MIT Media Lab. Um, so for the first two versions of Snap, of BYOB, I actually forked our Scratch source code um, back then. And um, it was um, a couple of years later in 2010 that um, Brian and I decided to rewrite it all for the web browser. Uh, so before it was a standalone application, but we found it was easier to get into schools uh, if we didn't need there to be something that needs to be installed um, on, on computers. Um, so we rewrote it and then we also changed the name to Snap. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And for Snap, you have a friendly yellow mascot, and he's called Alonzo. And just before, just earlier, I looked at the meaning of the name, and it means noble and ready for battle, which I think is kind of pretty apt, as he really does play a central and very versatile role. And I think I'd describe him as a very good sport, right? You can do anything with him. So, Yadka, can you tell us a little bit more about Alonzo, please? So Alonso is a Snap mascot, Snap's mascot, as we already mentioned, and um, he's named after Alonso Church, the inventor, inventor of the lambda calculus, yeah, um, which is kind of the mathematical heart of um, Snap. Originally, Alonso was Gobo in Scratch, um, and he was the first mascot of Scratch before they got the Scratch Cat. Um, and when they got the Scratch Cat, we uh, got permission to use um Gobo as our mascot, and mm -hmm. Brian then added um, Alonzo's hair, which has the form of the Greek letter lambda as a reference to the lambda calculus. So it's basically scratch plus lambda calculus. That's what Snap is. Very clever. And I think he suits the name Alonzo, I have to say. <laughs> and I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit more about the collaboration and partnerships at work on Snap? Um, so we develop Snap together with UC Berkeley, and it's an open source programming language. So we also have many contributors from elsewhere. But the core team is um, developing Snap at SAP and at UC Berkeley. So we work together with um, the team that also develops the Beauty and Joy, the curriculum that Snap was made for. Um, and then we also work together with a lot of other um, organizations in the U.S., for example, EDC, that do the high school curriculum for the beauty and joy of computing. And, for example, Microsoft Teals, who have also a high school curriculum for um, SNAP that they use in their outreach activities. And then, as I mentioned, we have a lot of um, collaborators around the world. So, for example, Snap is translated in more than 40 languages, and all those languages were uh, contributed by community members of the Snap community. So it's truly global, a multilingual. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Brilliant. <laughs> and if I might ask about your partnership, so the work you do together with Jens, you're a really good team. Um, how did you start working together? <laughs> 
That's a good There's question. A story here. A story <laughs> yeah, here. There is a story here and actually um, that happened. So I have not been programming until I turned 25 and I was definitely wanting to keep it that way. And then I did an internship at SAP and tried out some things and I learned that I really like programming and that's actually awesome. And on some day I met Jens at SAP and he was explaining me everything about Snap. First meeting, he told me about Lambda Calculus and about how great higher order functions are and everything, which is the pretty advanced uh, stuff in Snap. And at the beginning, I was not super convinced because I was the big girl and I already learned Python. So why should I go back to that baby language? But then at some point, I was kind of convinced. And um, Jens is really enthusiastic about Snap. And he's also really good at selling it to people. So they get the ideas and they want to learn it. And so I started learning it. And he's right. It is the best programming language. Brilliant. And Jadka, I think you mentioned on the um, OpenSAP platform that you started programming when you were working on a connected mm -hmm. greenhouse. Do you still have a connected greenhouse? And in what way is it connected? Um, actually, I left it at SAP. So the greenhouse was meant as a demo for the D-Shop, our internal makerspace. And I built it. Actually, I was there. So I'm originally a biologist and I was there in the internship to consult them for biological questions but then I had so much fun programming it that I just did everything myself and uh -huh. what we did there was uh, we had a Raspberry Pi and some sensors and then we connected them so we could measure the light intensity the water amount of water in the soil also the temperature and then we, we could regulate different things in that greenhouse thing. <laughs> cool and Jens you come from a legal background so how did you make the transition to SNAP? Oh, that's a long story. We can do a, a, a separate podcast on that. But essentially, <laughs> um, the idea is that, um, yes, I was a lawyer. And um, at one point, um, I kind of remembered on what I really loved to do as a kid, and that was programming. Um, and it sort of got me back to checking out some of the hot projects online. And I was always, uh, and still am, I'm kind of a fan of this programming language called Smalltalk. Um, and I was looking around for um, what's happened to Smalltalk, and I found out Scratch, because at the time, Scratch was written in Smalltalk. So my interest in Scratch really came from, wow, what has happened to this really nice programming language? And so somehow one thing led to another, and, um, and I started um, kind of actually hacking Scratch to um, add some features to it that I would find useful. And um, I didn't know at the time, and honest to God, that um, MIT likes being hacked. Um, so I got this phone call from, from Mitch Resnick, and, 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 and he invited me to the first Scratch conference and then offered me to, uh, to work on Scratch. Um, and, and then um, I sort of considered my career and said, you know what, I actually love programming much more than lawyering, which I also love. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so I just decided to change professions. <laughs> Excellent. And Jens, you're very modest, um, but I know that you recently won a recognition award. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that award. Um, that was actually a surprise uh, because I'm didn't yet win any awards. Um, so um, it was actually, the award was given to both uh, Brian Harvey 
and me, we want it together. And it is by the National Technology Leadership Summit of the United States. That's, a, as we learned, an organization of 12 teacher organizations, a, a coalition. And um, it's a lifetime award, um, an educational visionary award for um, someone who has had a, an impact on, on the use of technology in education. And I was very humbled by that. Um, but also somewhat worried because, you know, is it that time in my life that I'm getting lifetime awards already? <laughs> um, um, reflecting on my life in the past tense is still somewhat unsettling. You don't <laughs> need to do that. that got the award. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's very well deserved. So congratulations from us all. Thank you. <laughs> in your latest course, um, I love how you say that we start with media computation like toddlers by taking things apart, rearranging the pieces, and then we progress like scientists breaking things big time until we get down to numbers and encoding. And it's honestly so much fun the way you, you take this approach. And a lot of thought goes into this. I wanted to ask you, what's the best way for someone to get started with computer science and with SNAP? Can you talk us through your course offering? So we have three courses available on OpenSAP, one introductory one, which is called Get Coding with SNAP. And that's definitely also the one that I would recommend for getting started with SNAP. It's an course that contains 11 projects about basic programming ideas. And we also take a glimpse into some more advanced things like recursion, but it's basically about the introduction to programming, where you learn about loops or conditionals, so the basic structures that you learn in introductory programming. Then we have been working for quite a while on our new course, which is called From Media Computation to Data Science. Um, and this really wants to bridge the gap to advanced programming concepts. We're looking at higher order functions. We're working with data a lot, so data that we retrieved from different digital media. And we want to show the functional programming approach. We want to generate stuff. Um, and that's more an advanced offering that we want to, or that we hope people might be interested or are interested after taking the initial course. Um, and then we also have a third course, which is called um, Build Your Own Snap Workshop, which is more um, addressed at educators. How they? It, it's a repository, basically, of Snap materials that we came up with. And they can go there, check it out. And we also have some small tips and tricks on how to run a workshop, how to set up uh, the whole event if you want to run an after-school coding club or something. So those are the three offerings that we have on OpenSAP. Brilliant. And we'll include all those notes in the show notes too. And one question I'd like to ask in that context is, how much fun do you guys have in the studio? Because I find your enthusiasm is <laughs> truly infectious. And when you're there in front of the camera playing instruments, doing design projects, it's just amazing. Do you have a lot of fun there? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, 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 the, for the first, so before we recorded the first course, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do that or if it'd be fun. But in the first video, so we were in the video studio with Miguel and he's a awesome person to be uh, with in the video studio. And it's just fun. Everything is so smooth and everything works great. It's super easy to work with the video studio guys in OpenSAP and I I would do it anytime. It's an awesome team, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Jens, some of your highlights from the courses? Uh, it's, it's, again, it's hard to pick one. Uh, I mean, you have to, 
kind of realize that what we're showing in the courses and and kind of what comes out in the curriculum really is um, the result of a very chaotic um, creative design process <laughs> where we just fool around and try things that, you know, we read somewhere, oh, here's an interesting problem. Let's see whether we can solve it. Oh, here's an idea. Let's see what we can make out of it. Would this actually work? And then we fool around and then we joke around and then we come up with, oh, how about we call this? And then there's some pun, you know, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, often enough, these things don't work. Uh, so, so there's a lot of failure involved and then we try something else and then uh, we, it doesn't work really right. And we try it with, you know, with kids or with colleagues or with teachers and we, we iterate over it. We try it again, slightly different. And so what comes out of this is really um, eclecticism. We cherry pick the things that we fi find that really work. And so what you don't see, or we hope that you actually see, is all the fun we're having in developing these things. So our design process really is very chaotic. It's, it's very broad. Um, uh -huh. So we, we're having all this Loads of fun, and what you're seeing is the distilled version of it. Brilliant. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall during this design process. And my next question was going to be how you come up with brilliant names of your units. I'm just going to list them now, like Raise Your Voice, the one-person chorus, The Enchanted Mirror, Point Out Becoming a Painting. Um, whose ideas were these? And how can you tell us about maybe The Enchanted Mirror? How did you come up with that? Can you remember? Not exactly, actually, but um, I have a language thing, so <laughs> I'm really into language. <laughs> I also proofread books for friends and stuff, so I'm really um, into language. So I, I personally, for me, it's very important to have catchy titles that people might find interesting. Um, so we also spend some time thinking about them. The Enchanted Mirror, I, I really don't remember. <laughs> I, I think sometimes it's just the project names. So we so we we try something, and the mirror project, for example, was just something where we're experimenting with an actual mirror and taking it apart, and then kind of vexing it to to be something interesting. And so I guess this Brothers Grimm mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, illusion started popping up somewhere. Um, so a lot of our lessons really come out of projects. And, and mm. um, so we do several iterations of these projects and then we have to give them names and <laughs> some uh, just stick. And they're really appealing names. I mean, you just look through the, the structure of the course and you think, oh gosh, I really want to do that unit now. It just sounds like so much fun. And um, yeah, it really makes me really curious to learn more. So that's great. And Yadka, you say that numbers are our friends in the course. Can you explain about that a little bit for us? So as a person that didn't really like math in school and was a little afraid of numbers, I want to take away the fear of people that see a lot of numbers and think that they can deal with them. Because basically on computers, everything, if you drill down at some point, you'll get to a number. And that's on 
the one hand side, if you're afraid of numbers, it's kind of scary. But on the other hand side, it's basically pretty cool because once you are at the numbers, you can apply the same strategies for all types of data, for all types of media. So once you understood it, you can do anything. So it's really great that we can drill down to those numbers and then apply the strategies that we already used last time and that we know that worked. So it's cool if we get to the numbers, they are our friends. And it's really great that you can transform them into different things. So for example, you can create a Caesar cipher, which is an, an pretty simple encryption method by just shifting number, uh, by just shifting letters by a specific number, which is called the key. And you can do that by transforming the letters into their Unicode, which is a number, and then just adding the key. So that's super simple. You can transform audio files by, I don't know, multiplying the sample values, and then you can increase the volume, or you can divide it by a specific number, and then you can decrease the volume. So it's really pretty simple operations, and you can do so much with them that I really, I, I've grown fond of numbers a lot. <laughs> That's really good. And if I'm rightly informed, you're a poet, right? So for you to come from a poetry background, someone who's very much into linguistics and languages, um, to really say you're embracing a new love for numbers, is that something that you've learned through SNAP? Yeah, definitely. So what I, what I really like actually is finding abstractions. So I want to generalize patterns and stuff. And therefore, it's often really important to find the rule that's behind it. And that has often to do with numbers. And I, I didn't see that at the beginning when I started programming in Snap, but there's some inherent beauty and elegance in programming. And sometimes you have a project that works, but you still want to refine it because you want to get the maximum beautiful outcome or a code. And uh, that's something I really learned through Snap. Yeah. Wonderful. And then Snap has a big community following. So I was wondering, how does this community influence your work and how important are these interactions to you? Um, it's very, very important. I mean, we're doing this to for the community. We want to broaden participation and computing. So the community aspect, the togetherness of it all is an extreme motivation for us to, to develop SNAP. Um, and so it's kind of hard to measure it uh, because we have the kind of the core SNAP website, the, the SNAP cloud, where we have roughly half a million user accounts and, and those users have created roughly 4 million projects. Um, but there's also Snap in, in other applications that aren't connected to our cloud. Like there's this wonderful Turtle Stitch project um, of um, Andrea Meierstalder in, in Vienna. There's uh, 3D printing version that's Beetle Blocks. There are many, many forks and many other versions that also use Snap in some way or another. And we feel that we're all part of this community, of this creative computing greater snap um, blocks-based um, computing community. So so this is really a big inspiration for us. And, you know, our own community has seen some exponential growth, and that's um, both elating because we feel like, yes, um, um, people like what we're doing, but it's also a little bit terrifying. Um, you know, it doesn't take a pandemic to make you afraid of exponential growth because, um, you know, also the questions start growing exponentially. Also, mm -hmm. the, the diversity of needs that um, uh, 
members are pursuing on the community side is growing exponentially. So, so now we have kids who want to delve into computing, but we also have kids who need to find friends and, and, and chat with their friends. And so, so we're kind of having to decide in which direction to grow or which, mm -hmm. which interactions to foster, uh, how to police the community so um, nothing bad happens. Um, and it's as much a learning process for us as it is for our learners to learn about computer science. And I think one of the core takeaways really is that um, computer science programming is something that is squarely embedded into the real world, into all human interactions. So we can't just say we're teaching computing to all or we're, we're, we're spreading the beauty and joy of programming without also at least dealing in part of human interactions in general and, 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 and finding out how people work together, play together, and um, also solve their conflicts um, together. But we've been organizing SNAP conferences the past two years with a lot of members of our community. And I have to say, in general, they are all pretty awesome. Oh, they totally are. Yeah. Excellent. Could you share maybe a couple of your favorite projects from the learning community then? What are some of the most creative and some of the craziest projects that you've come across over recent weeks and months? One One thing that, um, it's, it's a while back, but I, I remember, it's hard to find out the craziest thing. There are so many crazy things. I mean, I just love spending hours on our webpage browsing through new projects. And we have this little chat group among ourselves where often, you know, we just say, have you seen this project? Oh, my God, this is crazy. How do they even do it? Um, uh, this is amazing. There are also these really heartwarming stories. Like I remember a while back, we were getting this email from a teacher um, in Massachusetts who said, um, wow, I got approached today um, from the school psychologist about this um, child um, who has autism, uh, autism disorder spectrum, and uh, didn't used to interact with um, his peers. And what has happened is the past two weeks, he's been hanging out with others working on this game and they've been obsessing over it and he was part of the gang leading the pack to writing this game and so uh, the teacher sent us this project and it was like a really cool fun to play project so we all played it tried to beat the high score of the kids who, who did it <laughs> so that was you know heartwarming in so many ways because we felt there's there there's things going on on many levels there's learning going on there's also the social interaction there's even some aspect of inclusion so th these are moments that i really love yeah that's so heartwarming as you say mm. and there are a lot of really enormous projects where people use 500 sprites and they work perfectly together but what i really like as well is the small projects that capture a great idea that are really simple to do, they sometimes just use five or six blocks, but the result is just mind-blowing. So in our course, there's this one teacher, Matthias from Switzerland, and he did all the exercises and he always added something that I didn't think of. And I said, wow, this is, this is astonishing. Why 
that not come to my mind? And all his projects are amazing. And he just changed little things that makes make the project so much better. And that's what I really like about the projects in our community, that they get also remixed by others and then they can add to an idea. And then it's a great community project and everything gets better in the end. So I really like that. That's amazing. And a true community too. And Yadke, you mentioned just there a sprite. For listeners who mm -hmm. aren't familiar with the term sprite, what is that exactly? So in Snap, you program with those graphical blocks, but what you program is an object which we call sprite. Um, and you can think of it as an actor that plays on a stage. So in the top right corner of the snap window, there's the stage where the play happens. And what happens is what you program in your actor, which we call the sprite. And you can have kind of one sprite, so it's more like a monologue, or you can have multiple sprites to make an actual play. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. And what's your future vision for Snap, Jens? What do you see coming in, in the coming months? Oh, that's easy. Take over the world. <laughs> um, now, um, seriously, uh, we're in the business of spreading the beauty and joy of computing. Um, but, you know, there's also a secret agenda. And the secret agenda is we want to also reclaim the beauty and joy of computing for professionals, for, for adults. And especially also kind of um, get a greater awareness for the design process of tinkering, refining, failing, and cherry-picking picking the results. This is kind of um, coming out of really the constructionism um, uh, idea of, of, of pedagogy. And we think it's got something to say for even how we do software at SAP. And we truly believe that this process really has an intrinsic honesty to it compared to, um, let's say, uh, top-down strategy and execution. But that's for another podcast. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to have you back. There are so many <laughs> topics that I've listed now. <laughs> so as a call to action for our listeners today, if we want to support this cause of Snap taking over the world and has already been enchanted by the magic of Snap, what should we do after listening to this episode? How can we learn more? So we have a website. It's called snap.berkeley.edu. Um, there you can find a lot of projects that other people have done, projects that we from the team curated. So those are the projects that are really great and that have some scientific uh, computer science value or also just they look beautiful. Um, and then, of course, you can also take our courses on OpenSAP. As we mentioned, it might be a good idea to start with the introductory class, but then, of course, advance to the um, media computation class because that's the new thing that I really, really like. <laughs> Excellent. And to conclude these episodes, we normally ask our guests to summarize three key takeaways. But this time, because you're so enthusiastic about the topic, and I know that you both really love Snap and the work that you do, I'd like to ask you to list the three things that you love about Snap and why we should love Snap too. And Yadka, can we start with you? Um, yes. So the three things I like about Snap, it's definitely liveness. So <laughs> I have to take away everything from you. <laughs> Thank God I'm the first one. <laughs> so it's definitely, it deliberate. <laughs> it's, it's definitely liveness. So I really like the explorative nature that you get out of that. So you can click on every block, you can tinker, you can try things out. And that makes it a lot of, yeah, it, it just makes it a lot easier. 
the second thing I think, so I have been giving a talk at this year's SNAP conference about um, the one block to rule them all. And that's actually my absolutely favorite thing in SNAP. It's the map block. It's a higher order function that lets you apply another function on a whole list of data. And it makes everything that has to do with huge list computations so easy, so simple, and so beautiful. So that's my absolutely favorite thing about SNAP. And then, of course, it's the community. So being at the SNAP conference this year again, which had to be virtual because of things, um, it it just has been a blast. We have, we've had game nights, we've had uh, get-together virtual, and everything was just so fun. So the community is just great. Yeah, that's amazing. And Jens, what three things, if you can summarize it in three things, what three things do you love about Snap? Well, as Jadga has already kind of stolen everything that I have to say, <laughs> um, uh, let me state it a little more broadly. Sometimes when you find something emotionally very appealing, like you fall in love with someone, uh, it's hard to put a finger on because there's so much to it. So, um, but you just know. And, and, you know, that's what happened to me when I saw Scratch, uh, that, you know, it's hard to put a finger on what makes it so enjoyable. And, and, and this is what, what, uh, what we're totally trying to capture in Snap. It's just something that even though you maybe not appreciate everything that's in there or really just use it, we're pretty sure you're going to love it. And the one thing that um, maybe I can add to Yadga's list of, of really important ideas is um, abstraction. Um, it is it is this this idea that is really behind using computers that we can that these are machines, but they're also as you know, famous computer scientist Alan Kay said, they're like an instrument of ideas for ideas, and they are so because we can express ideas in it by making generalizations and abstractions. And this is what we're really um, trying to do in SNAP, that we're offering these abstractions that are very sophisticated and trying to make them usable um, for beginners, uh, for novices, but also for the rest of it, uh, for us. And we're pretty certain that once you dive into SNAP, you'll get the hang of why computer science is so awesome, why abstractions are really something that just blow off the ceiling of your creativity and, and the sky is the limit. Can I have I you one that. open answer? Go ahead. <laughs> I'd have another one that I really want to mention. Uh, it's the team. So I learned everything or I learned everything that I know about computer science basically from Jens and Brian. They are both great teachers and it's just super fun to work together with Michael, with Lauren, with Dan, with Brian, with Bernat and Jens. And they often make my day. It's 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 really just fun working with them. Uh -huh. 
That's so special. And we'll be sure to mention all your colleagues' names then in the show notes and Mm -hmm. so they get a mention there too. And I'd just like to say to both of you, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today on SNAP. I'm totally in awe of the magic that you bring to the topic and how you really inspire us and our learners to be creative and above all, have fun while we're learning new skills. I think you're absolutely brilliant, you and your team. So thank you so much for sharing your time and energy with us here today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Lizzie. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope this episode inspires you to learn more about SNAP with Yadger and Jens. You can check out their courses for free in self-paced mode on open.sap.com forward slash courses. Here you'll find Get Coding with SNAP, From Media Computation to Data Science, and Build Your Own SNAP Workshop. Have fun while you learn and enjoy being on the bright side of computer science. Thanks for listening to Open SAP Invites. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate and leave a review. And don't miss your next invite. Subscribe now.